it's the Rotten Retro Time Machine! Whatever, mate. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to part two of the greatest story ever told. <laughs> have, I, have I told you, mate, this isn't 1981 at all now, I've totally gone off piece, but have I told you my Shork Outline body story? Well, I told you, this. you had a no, no, I have. I can't remember. Story. I can't remember if I have or not. In that, in one I, of I on, on the four or five times we've actually passed the pub in Derby where it happened, you've never mentioned it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> am I not, mate? I don't know. Come on, you. Come on, yield. Come on, you're gonna have to tell us now. Right. I don't think I've so, heard it. so you know that those moments you have in life where you, you, suddenly, like, it's like a light going on. You think I can't do this anymore. I've got to ch- I've got to go and do something else. So it, it was. I was working at um, one of the one of the evening papers I was working at, and um, and I came into work in the morning. As I drive drove past the pub near me, there was a chalk outline of a body outside. Can the I door. just say, uh, sorry to interrupt, but you only say in former lives than that. As soon as you do the voice of this bloke, <laughs> it's going to leave you liable. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm not going to do the voice of the bloke. Oh, I'm just going to tell it. Bit. Right, so uh, what I might do. Um, so there were witnesses. This went down. I'm telling it in the voice. Right. So I went. So I, I thought, oh, there's obviously someone's obviously come out the pub, fallen over, passed out drunk. Someone's drawn the outline around for a giggle. Um, you know, might make a nice story. We go get the landlord. Who's this kind of thing? And if somebody comes forward the next day or two days later, hey, it was me. We got a follow up story. Bit of fun. So. We sat at 7.30 a.m. conference and um, the guy who was taking conference wasn't the editor. He was the assistant editor at that time. Uh, and he said, uh, anyone, got, anyone got any? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyone, <laughs> yes, quite. Anyone got any uh, any uh, any other uh, any other stories that we think I might make? And I said, well, I've just driven in, seen this chalk outline of a body outside a pub. Well, have we called the police? So, sorry? Well, we've, we've, there might have been a murder. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone laughed because we were just like thought he was joking and he went no seriously has anyone got to call it that could have been a murder we need to check and it's like well uh, yes if you live in police squad world uh, and or it's 1963 I said you haven't drawn a body no no we right so I, I, I remember looking at the clock on the wall and it was it was 756. And I looked at it and I thought, I can't do this anymore. And then uh, six months later, I joined you in Lincoln, Mark. Yeah, the irony was the guy, the, the guy who uh, wouldn't take the novelty drawing on the floor for a no, he was un- up for an award and he was sitting on the same table as me. And, you know, when uh, they reveal at the end and a bit a bit like the Oscars, you've yeah. kind of you've got to nod and clap even if even even if you've lost. So obviously the big reveal comes, the silver envelope goes. The first three winners have called out. He's not one of them. Instead of clapping graciously, he thumbs the table, <laughs> grabs a bottle of red wine and storms out. And everyone else is kind of applauding the host with their eyebrows raised. <laughs> Took it well. Yeah. Like, really? and you think, oh, you, you lost again in the Midlands Business Journalism Awards. Really? Got it. But when he's walking down like a, one of those paths in the park or something, does he call the police and say, 
a cyclist has been murdered. <laughs> a disabled person's been murdered. Another yeah, child have been murdered. Where are you? I'm in the supermarket. I'm outside the supermarket. I can't believe my eyes. I just, it wasn't one of them. You just go. I just literally remember going. I, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I can't. I can't. I need to do so. I need to go somewhere else. I told, I did an SDP. I broke away. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the SDP. That's a good link, actually, isn't it? Because SDP that was, was 1981, wasn't it? Yeah. So okay, let's do a, let's do a bullseye quiz. Everyone remembers three of the gang of four, but there's only a very special few can remember the the name of the fourth one. So we had. Go on. Barbara Castle. No. Not open on Sundays. No, go on. <laughs> you know, I was looking at this. David I, Owen. I didn't know David that. David Owen. Go on, so, David Owen. It, Shirley Williams. Oh, Shirley Williams. That's who I'm Shirley thinking Williams. of, not Babsy. Roy Jenkins. It was it was it was uh, Bill Rogers. Oh, well done. No, but I didn't know that name until earlier on when I was looking, looking it up. You know, you know, you know, like, Gary Morby, the young politico, aged six years old, was yeah, noting down yeah. them. And it was a gag of four, but I only ever knew three of them. I, I, I was reading about the SDP as well, just researching this and stuff, and you couldn't, I couldn't help thinking, man, you were 40 years too early. <laughs> it's like, if you were around now, yeah, you'd probably have a chance. You know, but yeah. Let's not, let's not dive into that. No, exactly. Politics and religion. Stay away from them. So apparently, so anyway, the Pope got shot. Um... (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the lighter moments of the year, though, down the list of events. By Shirley Williams. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, 1981 was uh, was a the films. There was there was a few films, wasn't there? There was uh, Clash of the Titans. Oh, one of the greats. Yeah, where where what's her name? Claire Bloom, who was in uh, Black Beauty in the mid seventies, yeah. bared her bottom as she what? got out of the bath. Yeah, in Clash of the Titans. Yeah, I can, I can tell you that as a thirteen year old boy, that video got paused a few times. <laughs> I I did. Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I didn't realise that she played. You're gonna uh, have to what? Back up. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to watch it again. <laughs> just for the chance glimpse of no, I, didn't, I didn't think I didn't think it was Claire Bloom who played Andromeda that was all so it was Claire Bloom in Black Beauty wasn't it I've got that right I've no idea oh. you've lost me oh. I'd have to google this now in case anyone is bothered to write in that they get it wrong hang on <laughs> Again, stop getting research. Black Beauty wrong <clears throat> Muhammad Ali took his last fight in 1981. Did anybody notice that? That seemed a bit recent. Who did he fight? Was that um, Spinks? It was, yeah, it was his last fight. Sorry, not Claire Bloom, Judy Boucher. Sorry, Judy Boucher. She was in it, though, wasn't she? She was She was in it, Claire Yeah, Bloom. she was. Yeah, she was. That's why I got confused. But it's Judy Boucher. Sorry, time, yeah. time, time and a pause video. In my head, it's just a pause still frame. But yes. Um. <laughs> so who who owns this arse? <laughs> who was in Black Beauty? I've got me Balkers and the Blooms mixed up. Exhibit A, my lord. Uh, Chariots, of, Chariots of Fire was from uh, 1981. Yeah, uh, that was a 
slow song. It's got like lots of hissing and bleeps. Yeah. Quite a boring record, really, wasn't it? Well, yeah, know. worthy. John Evangelis. Yeah. Yeah, worthy but dull. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what did happen in 1981. One of the great FA Cup goals. FA Cup final goals. Oh, of course, yeah. It was yeah. Tottenham Man City, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I'm not talking Ricky Villa. It's the one oh. that happened about an hour and 20 minutes before that. And the guy's thinking, I've just Steve McKenzie volleyed one into the top corner from outside the area. And the MU the, alumni. Yeah, that's one of the greatest goals. Hey, I've, I've scored the greatest goal in FA Cup final history. Ricky, uh, Ricky Veer, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the thing. Well, I mean, in the in the the original match, in the the first match where it ended one each, and Tommy Hutchison scored both goals for both yeah. teams. I mean, yeah. his his goal for Man City was a belter, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, outside the box, top corner, as I remember it. Um, <clears throat> When Man oh, yeah. City were rubbish and it was surprising to see them in a final. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, sure it wasn't like the Zenith data call. <clears throat> it wasn't the biggest football story of the uh, 1981, though. England finally qualified for a World Cup tournament for the first time since 1970. They missed out in 74. They missed out in 78. So they missed out on the previous two World Cups, hadn't qualified. So... That was like the first World Cup that we remember them being in, wasn't it? All right. So yeah. that's why the World Cup song for England that year was so good, because they'd, they'd been working on it for that long. Yeah. It was a work of a work of patience and long. Yeah, it was a good song. What was it this time? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great well, song. Great. Got McCartney, great song. Jeff Lynne, the Wilburys. Never, <laughs> never in the history of recorded music have 22 men in V-neck jumpers sounded so good. <laughs> um, but I was at that game England had to beat Hungary at Wembley and it was on November the 18th 1981 and my dad managed to get tickets as a. that was my birthday present my birthday my uh, 13th birthday was three three days late four days later and he got some tickets and uh, I got the afternoon off school and we went down to London to Wembley and watched the game and Paul Mariner scored the goal basically just shinned it in. <laughs> Basically, the ball just hit his shin as he stuck it out and it went in and we qualified for uh, for the World Cup. He tells so. it differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I set myself. I saw the ball coming across. I leapt like a salmon. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that was uh, a bit of football. Shergar won the derby. Oh, that was the, that was the writing on the wall for Shergar, wasn't it? Was it yeah. a couple of years later when he... Uh... He, he was kidnapped. Yeah, he was. What did, did they ever? I, I sort of don't remember over the midst of time. Did did the body of Shergar ever turn up, or was it ever sold? Were the IRA linked with it or something? Uh, yeah. Uh, alleged, yeah, apparently the, that there was, was the a story idea. that came came out not you know, sort of not that long ago actually, although probably about yeah. ten years ago. But about how they they were trying to deal and they couldn't deal with the horse. Because they were they were trying to move it and in the end they just killed it because um, they couldn't they couldn't do anything with it. Does does that mean that we can actually add Shergar to the very sparse very does short gone list? Not this year no because it, it didn't get it didn't get uh, kidnapped oh, no, well, until 1983 I think it was. Yeah no damn it but can't we sort of like do some sort of retro fitting? Because <laughs> the gold 
Well, all I'll say is on the gold list, the Grim Reaper must have been having a year off. Must have been furloughed. Because, <laughs> because I, I looked at it and there was just a, literally a load of people that I, you didn't know. And then I picked out, there was a few names that stood out, but I think I've got seven. Did you find any more than seven, Gary? Yeah, I, well, I had a look and, and had three and a half. To be honest, I just I just think it was the year real people died. It's like if you look down the list of events, there were terrorist attacks, landslides, mining disasters, explosions. I think uh, wasn't it yeah. enough time for celebrities? Yeah. The Grim Reaper was busy elsewhere. I think. Well, I was going to say because one one of the famous ones was 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 Bobby Sands, but again, there's not much humour in. Somebody who starved themselves to death for a political cause, is there? That's not, that's not really. Um, but there is, a, there is a little triv question in one of the Gorns. So I want to start with this one. Bill Haley, Gorn. Yeah. Rock, rock around the Gorn. Um, Bill Bailey, yeah, Bill Haley. Uh, not the comets. They survived. They survived. But uh, Bill Haley, he died. Um, what has Bill Haley's mother and Stan Laurel got in common? Triv question that you probably will never get, but I'll uh, I'll throw it out just in case you want to have a say stab at it. Bill Haley. <laughs> <laughs> no takers. No Fox. takers. Bill Haley's mother and Stan Laurel. What do they have in common? They were both born in Ulverston in the Lake District. Back. 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 Wow. There you go. Good, good, good I mean, it's, it's rubbish, really, but this is this is this is this is the bottom of the barrel that we're scraping here. Uh, I quite Jock, like it. A couple more of these, and we're done. Jock Ewing, gone. Well, Jim, Jim, <laughs> <Jock> Jim, <laughs> Jim Davis. Not even anyway. real people now. <laughs> but didn't they? Because he died, didn't they? Didn't they kill the character off? Or say that he died in a plane crash in in, in the rainforest. And then brought some other guy back who believed that he was, who, who tried, to, who actually convinced Miss Ellie a few years later that he was Jock, some guy with a beard. Are we talking about Dallas or Crossroads? Yeah, Dallas, Dallas, yeah, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I remember she, she was, wasn't she married to Howard Keel for a while? Well, yeah, but he wasn't, he wasn't, he was a completely different character. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember he was, he wasn't the same supposed to be the same bloke because they they replaced her didn't they with a with another actress whilst she was yeah Ill. i can't remember the guy's name who, 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 the character with this guy a few years later came wes pa- wes parmalee that was it it's just come to me wes parmalee <laughs> yeah came back to convince miss ellie that bobby wasn't having it and it was always left as was it jock or was it not jock and he just went gone again um, Bob Marley, gone. gone. Now there's a big gone. It That's is the biggest absolute gone tragedy that one yeah. as well. Yeah, because he was only about 36, wasn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he break a bone playing football and then it got infected or something and then they found? Yeah, it wasn't healing and then the reason it wasn't healing was he had cancer and he yeah. refused to have he refused to have treatment for it, didn't he? Is that right? Yeah, I, I I thought that bit was disputed whether it was so far gone he couldn't 
Yeah, it wasn't worth it. But then, but then it became this folklore thing that because he was a Rastafarian, he he turned it down. But I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> there was a there was a story that that Danny Baker was um, responsible, wasn't it? The, um, what? The, well, when Danny Baker played, he used to, he used to work at uh, NME, and, and the NME played the Whalers with right. Bob Marley in like a football match um, and they did it they played like celebrity teams quite often and uh, so that this rumor got out that Danny Baker had, had tackled him and broken his toe left left his when foot he got, when his yeah when his, <laughs> cancer, his, his cancer was diagnosed it was said yeah you've got this because of this old football injury and so the story was, it was this injury that Danny Baker had caused. And uh, it, that lasted for a long time until Danny Baker said, actually, I never played in that game. <laughs> they played the Whalers the year before I joined. Oh, okay. um, it, it lasted, in, in my head, it lasted as long as I realised that Danny Baker would never have caught him. Yeah, <laughs> You'd imagine Bob Marley would, would have uh, been able to put some pace down that right wing. <laughs> but it just it just happened that it somehow it it came up during one of his radio shows and and someone mentioned it and said were you the person who did it and then for the rest of the show he pretended that it just dawned on him that he had done it and uh he started to feel guilty about it, it could have been him who killed Bob Marley but actually it, he just did that for show for that for that one episode of his program and thought no, nothing more of it yeah. But it as persisted. High, as and high risk in it, the Bob Marley it? fans out there. Yeah. <laughs> I will be banding that story around. But he, actually, he never, he never actually played against him. Oh, nice. So, uh, Bob Marley, gone love. Mm. Um, then we've got uh, Bill Shankly, famous football manager. Gone, son. Oh. Gone. <clears throat> football is more, is not, well, it was the last that quote, football it, Literally, this is the only thing he's famous for. So yeah, I know. So come on, help me out here. The flipping levels of research it's not, have gone into It's not into a matter this. of life and death. It's more important than that. That's right. That's right. Never ever bloody anything. Ever. <laughs> 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 I've lived my life by that rule. Um, uh, Joe Louis, boxing champion, gone. Oh yeah. And uh, Harry Chapin. Cats in the Cradle, gone. Um, and that's as, that's as much as I, I've got. William Holden. Doctor uh, Who. The, the actor. No, that was... That, no, that was um, Bill Hartnell, wasn't it? No, well, no that's, a, that's a different... That's Doctor Who. Yeah, because Mark said Doctor Who. Sorry, I was talking to Mark. No, no, no. Sorry, no, no. William Holden was a Hollywood actor. Oh, um right. Don't ask me what he was in. He's just an actor that I remember, and I just I I, I remember his name. And then he, he died this year from a head injury that he didn't get treated, didn't realise it was as bad as it was, and he would have survived um, had it just been stitched uh, normally. Um, so a bit of a tragic that one. Really tragic one. Typical bloke behaviour though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll Nick. be fine. I'll be fine. Just the flesh right. wounds. Yeah. Three days later. I'll sweat yeah. it off. I'll sweat it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, as far as goals, but but there are there are a few bones 
Um, Peter Crouch. All right. Tom Hiddleston and MTV. <laughs> MTV was launched in 1981. Yeah. MTV was such a big deal, wasn't it? And yeah, now, massive. Now it's like it's up there with ITV. It's like <laughs> ITVB. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I wondered what the what the the, the first sort of you know, few songs that they played on, on it were. And I've actually got the the, the the one to 20, the first 20 songs that they played on there. Oh, I did I, know the first one, and I've yeah, forgotten. Yeah, go on. I bet, well, let's throw a few out then. Okay, go they're on. All gonna be, they're all going to be flipping bland white stuff, aren't they? Like no, ZZ there, Top. No, there was, there was a little irony to it. A lot of irony to it. They picked it because it was a great song, but also because it was ironic, the title of it. Video killed the radio star. Good lad. Yeah, brilliant. Yes. I only thought he was coming back with Alanis Morissette then. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so then that was followed. That was followed. By, I mean, that is a great song, isn't it? That is a great song. Yeah. And then, and then that was followed by some songs I'd never heard. Two songs I'd never heard of. You'd better run by Pat Benatar, and she won't dance with me by Rod Stewart. As if um, you don't know that. How Come can on. you not know that one? He's, I know. He's, trying, he's pulling the wool over the listeners' eyes here, isn't he? Our uh, Rod, who wants in heaven, Stuart, <laughs> Right, I, I know he's, he's my spiritual leader, but I don't know that song. I do not know that song. Uh, What's it called? She Won't Dance With Me. She Won't Dance With Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I recognise it, yeah. yeah it. <laughs> Does it so, sound familiar now? <laughs> oh, now I've got it. <laughs> Why didn't you do that earlier? Uh, then, then You Better You Bet by The Who. Knew that. Then Little Susie's On The Up by PhD. No. PhD? Yeah. Uh, then... Cliff Richard, We Don't Talk Anymore, The Pretender's Brass in Pocket. And then a singer, I don't know about you two, who over the years you hear the name mentioned and you think, oh, I must listen to some of him to see what it's like, but I never get round to it. Todd, Rund Todd Rundgren. Todd yes. Rundgren. Yeah, I must get round to that. Him, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we're into all sorts of REO speed wagon, wagon sticks. S-T-Y-X. As, as half and half biscuit sang, I feel like I've just been sick no, by my no mates. women the bands? The sticks gig. Oh, Pat Benatar. Was in, yeah, Pat Benatar, Pretenders. Um, uh, <laughs> and that was it. Um, there, was, there was one of the best-selling albums of all time was released in 1981. Queen's Greatest Hits. Oh, yes. That was, that was the best-selling album in the UK at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, I got it. For that Christmas must have been best-selling album every year for about yeah. the, the black. The black cover with the picture of the four of them on the front. Yeah. I've, I've still got that on vinyl. I got it from Christmas that year. Just brilliant. Uh, Speak and Spell, Depeche Mode debut album, nineteen eighty-one. Yeah, good one. Uh, Books Fizz won the Eurovision Song Contest. Nothing to add. <laughs> Nothing to add. But uh, Adam Ant was the act of the year, standout act of nineteen eighty-one. Adam oh, and the yeah. Ants. Yeah, that was a. Oh yeah. Definitely yeah. memorable. Yeah, too right. I suppose both Spiz were memorable that year, whipping off each other's trousers and skirts on stage. 
Not sure you get away with that these days. Only to re- reveal another pair of trousers and another pair of skirts. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat disappointing stunt, if you ask me. Quite. I'm just, oh, I'll tell you what there was. Hooked on Classics was the 27th best-selling song. Oh, I haven't heard <laughs> that. Hooked on Classics. Uh, Anika, Japanese Boy, the 24th. John Scottish. Lennon, Imogen, that song about that woman. Yeah. <laughs> Stars on 45, Star Sound. That oh. sold more copies than John Lennon's Imagine in 1981. I'm just saying. The Jive Bunny of 1981. Julio Iglesias, Begin the Begin. Oh, Smokey Robinson being with you. Ghost Town. Shaking Stevens had a lot of a lot of songs sold that year. Yeah, um, but it's the, this the, old house and Green Door year, wasn't it? That was. Yeah, it was. Well, as I say, the top five best-selling any, songs. Any Guyler influence tracks there? Or... Uh, well, he did actually play uh, one of the uh, drum kits on of the two drummers on Adam and the Ants uh, Ant Music. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah, so yeah. I should back up, like. Since since uh, we spoke about Derek Guiler's washboard skills, I just want one. <laughs> it, it, it's mesmerising. Like I want one, and I want to learn to play one. And then I want to walk into a pub with it under my arm. And when when things are a bit flat, I'm just wedge wedge this beast between my legs and like start rat tat tatting. <laughs> possible title of his sex tape yeah. <laughs> and then the land, landlord will come come over and say get out another, another possible title <laughs> <laughs> and don't come back again. next time we go to the pub bring a washboard yeah but don't forget was it thimbles he put on his fingers he got thimbles yeah and he got yeah. a couple of uh, a couple of symbols on his on the washboard as well, hadn't he? Oh, he pimped that ride, didn't he? Yeah, that's yeah, what, is, that, is that an uncommon thing then? That it's the symbols that have done it for me. Yeah, I don't know actually, but it, it stood out to me. It wasn't just like a an ordinary washboard. You know, he planned that. Yeah, yeah. well, guy that's not going to use your run of the mill, was he? <laughs> no. I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm on eBay now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on yeah. eBay now at a washboard. washboard. <laughs> Oh, I didn't. I didn't search that. Maybe that's my next step. But <laughs> a washboard literally is a washboard. I actually thought it was a mu- musical instrument. My nan, my nan never had a washboard, but she had a mangle. But I'm not sure that's the same. I'm not sure that would get the same sound out of it. My nan had a mangle. They were great. I was obsessed with it. As a little, as like a four-year-old kid, I was like, "Let's put everything through it." Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. I was safe. Yeah. Um, have you found it? Have you got 34 one? quid authentic musical washboard. Oh, I'll do it. The irony, be, the irony being, it, it's not authentic at all, is it? Because you're not going to use it to wash anything. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, 34 quid. Let's see how much I drink tonight and wake up tomorrow <laughs> with three emails in my basket. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, with a washboard, it. PayPal, we've taken £34 from your account. I wanted to make sure I got it, so I bid over. 
a bit over. Um, what, what, one of the stories in 1981 was actually a story from That's Life, um, where there was apparently, it was the prankster of Malden Close in Reading. And apparently over a three-year period, some wag who lived in the Close um, did a series of pranks on the other residents. So, for example, they woke up one morning and all their lawns were covered in rubber daisies. Uh, and then another time it was rubber trees, then plastic birds stuck in trees, shop dummies stuck in roadwork tents on lawns, even milk bottles that were painted white with lids back put back on, but they were completely empty. And some people didn't even realise until they took them out of the fridge to make a brew. And then they were just, just like empty. Right. For the, and I just couldn't, I was watching it and I couldn't start help thinking, for the first one, you'd be like, hey, good one. Yeah, great. And then the second one, you'd be like, yeah, all right, mate. You, 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 yeah, all right. And then the plastic birds come in, you're like, for God's sake, man. <laughs> by the fifth one, you'd just be going around kicking the crap out of everybody on their doorstep just to make sure you got the person who was doing it. You'd mind sweet, wouldn't you? Was, it, was he openly prankster or was he? Uh, no. No, he, they never found out who it was. The mystery prankster. That's life. That. Sent a reporter down to knock on doors and and asked outright three or four people, "It's you, isn't it?" And they said no. And then a mystery note appeared saying, "You've interviewed everybody it? but me." Ooh. But uh, yeah, so then obviously the, the residents just got a bit uh, I, I I happened to watch that not that long ago, but I didn't realise it was 1981. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's one to put on. Uh, yeah, it is isn't it? In fact, I will put that on. Actually, I'll make a note of that. But the, um, but the, I reckon they did find out who it was, and they just killed him. And buried him. <laughs> what was that? What was that old thing? That, like in the, in the, in the sort of you know dim and distant past, sixteenth, fifteenth century, if, if a stranger came to a village and was causing trouble, you know, all the other villagers would take him out to a field outside the village, and as long as they yeah, all yeah. had a stab at him. Uh, no one could be found guilty of it. I think. I think. I think that's what happened in Malden Close in Reading in 1981. Yeah. I'd have been very you much. Dig, you dig a patio that, up. That workman in the tent's not moving. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a cop. That's like, yeah, we'll put that link on the Facebook page because that is a good one actually. It's a proper bit of old-fashioned telly as well. That it, there's even a, even a, a, a sighting of Cyril Fletcher when they cut back to the studio <laughs> uh, with it, with his penis shaped like a carrot. Sorry, he's carrot shaped like a penis. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, any more 1981s? Um, well, did you did you know that in in 1981, Ronnie Biggs was kidnapped? Was he? He was kidnapped by a gang of British ex-soldiers. What from Brazil? Yeah. So mm. they put him on a boat. Um, and they were sailing away from Brazil and they had t- uh, mechanical problems off Barbados. Um, and so they got stranded in the sea and uh, they had to be rescued by the um, Barbados Coast Guard. They took them into port in Barbados because they, they, well, the reason they did it was because they wanted to collect a reward from the British police for his, because he was a, one of the train robbers. Yeah. Um, but the problem is like brazil barbados didn't have a valid extradition treaty with the united kingdom so they got nothing and they just had to send him back to brazil if they'd kept going in the boat that admittedly it wasn't working could they got away with it 
could they have done it like if they kept sailing? I don't, all so. right. I don't know. I don't know where they were planning to go. It did, it, the story didn't uh, elaborate on that. Whether they were, whether they thought they'd just got to get to Barbados and that was enough, um, but it obviously wasn't. Or whether they they had planned to take bring him all the way back to the UK. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, they thought they thought they were onto a winner and they weren't, which is well, <laughs> that's I, a story I just, I'd never heard of. I, I crime does fail. pay. I knew they'd kidnapped him and he'd ended up back in Brazil again, but I just assumed he was so annoying they'd let him go. But, <laughs> um, wasn't it also 1981, the year that Danger Mouse was launched? Was it? And Postman Pat and yeah. Fools and Horses. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know Danger Mouse. That was the greatest one out of all of them. Yeah. Terry Scott Post- as uh, Penfold. Yeah. Postman Pat. And this builds on a conversation I was having with someone earlier. Postman Pat gives the wrongful impression these days that a postman cares about your post being delivered. (laughs) (laughs) And that a postman would put in the extra mile to get your post delivered safely. Because I don't know if anyone else has had this experience. I'm sure I'm not alone, but... You can be in your kitchen eating your chips and you hear the hear the uh, letterbox go and you think, oh, there's the post. So you get up to fetch your post. And what you've actually picked up is a, a letter, one of the little red uh, Cards, yeah. tickets saying, sorry, we missed you. I was here. What you on about? <laughs> I was eating my chips. <laughs> I was eating my chips. I don't <laughs> shop that loudly. <laughs> We've we've got a great postman actually. He's he's really really good, and he makes a he makes a point of making sure we're you know we're in and or or not. We haven't had a we haven't had one of those cards for years. He's brilliant. Killed it. So can't complain about our postman. Really can't. Well, that's killed your theory, Mark. Sorry, mate. I'm okay. sorry. Let sorry, me bail you out. Let me bail you out. Danger mouse. Danger mouse. <laughs> Back to Danger Mouse, Penfold, Terry Scott, even now, even now, every time you go to the bad toilet and someone's left a floater, oh, who's drowned, Pen, who's drowned Penfold? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be done. Grief. 